welcome to Tag Tales. I'm Corbin Davenport. And I'm Cody Toombs. And today we're back to Internet Explorer. We're not done. We've hit the reload button once again. So in the last episode, we talked about how Internet Explorer 7 was released and how it was pretty disappointing. It was kind of seen as a possible way for Microsoft to claw back some market share if it actually cared. It was it was pretty underwhelming. It may be one of the best examples of a company trying to accomplish like a, hey, look at us. And the internet responding by saying, oh, no, we learned our lesson the first time. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. And that was in October of 2006. And competition was uh, very quickly growing. So we already had Firefox. We already had Opera. We already had a couple other browsers. But on June 11, 2007, Apple released a version of its Safari web browser for Windows PCs. And the first non-beta release was Safari 3.1 in March of 2008. When it was released, Safari was the new fastest browser on Windows, according to most benchmarks, but it used the same software framework as iTunes for Windows, which caused some text to look blurry at times, and all the interface elements looked identical to Mac OS X instead of fitting in with Windows. So it was, it was, it was fast, but it wasn't necessarily a good experience. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it factors in pretty heavily that they decided to to use their own, like, fully built-out translation layer for their own macOS code so that they could, they could technically write two code bases and just cross-compile it for Windows, but it was all still using just Mac code. Yeah, I I definitely recommend people look at screenshots of this, especially the the first couple versions because it does look very weird. It even has like the blue scroll bars from Mac and everything. They I, over time they started replacing some of those to look more like Windows, but it was always just kind of weird. Um, yeah, it was very very aqua. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> it was. It's a very similar experience to using a Windows application in Wine on, like, a Linux box. Mm-hmm. You never really fit in. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it didn't end up being super popular, except with web developers who were thrilled that there was finally a way to test websites on Safari without buying a Mac. So that's cool. Hey, it, you, you got to take what you can get. Yeah, it was. I found a, a couple blog posts from back then from web devs who were like, "This is great. I don't care that everyone's complaining. <laughs> I don't have to buy a Mac now." We probably won't come back to this, so I'll go ahead and say Apple ultimately discontinued Safari on Windows a few years later. But the underlying WebKit rendering engine remained compatible with Windows, which helped Windows development for other WebKit-based browsers. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> and we're going to get right to it. In December 2008, Google released the first version of the Chrome web browser. Spoiler alert, it was successful. It was it was not <laughs> Safari for Windows. It used the WebKit rendering engine developed by Apple, but with a lot of changes to support better sandboxing and a fully custom JavaScript engine that Google called V8. 
Compared to other browsers at the time, Chrome had a more minimal user interface with no toolbars or other distractions, and it also had tabs at the top of the window, just like it does now. The first few versions were missing a lot of features people were used to on other browsers. Like there was no add-ons, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of like view options. It was it was pretty bare bones, but it was fast, and Google continued to update it. Um, so that's. Uh, more bad news if you're Microsoft doing nothing. It This was kind of that kind... I, I don't want to compare it to a David and Goliath thing because it wasn't that at all. But it, here was Google showing Microsoft everything that they were doing wrong in in sort of the most stark terms. Yeah, it was just yet another thing that was going to give Internet Explorer a very slow death. And part of it was that I, th I think Microsoft was probably still pretty complacent. The other thing is that, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, so much of the web was built for this terrible broken web browser. So Microsoft trying to fix it would still make it worse. So they were like stuck in this terrible situation where like they weren't really trying, but if they did try, it might even cause more people to leave because it's like, great, none of the websites work now. Yeah. So that was in December 2008. In January of 2009, the European Union accused Microsoft of harming competition by bundling Internet Explorer with Windows, which sounds familiar. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think I've heard this before. Yeah, story as old as time. So I, I haven't really talked about it in this series because it wasn't like fully related to Internet Explorer, but the EU had already been in legal battles with Microsoft over various antitrust issues. Um, in 2004, the company was fined 497 million euros, which is about $613 million dollars due to bundling of Windows Media Player, which was the EU's largest antitrust fine in history at that point. So before they were mostly going after Microsoft for bundling Media Player, which is kind of funny in, in retrospect, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what they were doing. And uh, now they were going after them for IE. I'm not going to go into a ton of details about this because their core complaint is very similar to what the United States complained about basically just that microsoft was creating incentives for companies to design their websites or other products primarily for internet explorer we you know we talked about that before where they were like pushing sites to implement features that would get them prominent placement in internet explorers uh you know various menus so i know i know i'm kind of jumping around a lot right now but uh we're going to jump around even more because it's time I finally acknowledge that Internet Explorer Mobile exists. <laughs> yes. So this this is a thing that's been going on this whole time that I haven't really talked about because it's like it wasn't really that interesting. Now it gets interesting. Internet Explorer had been available for Windows CE devices, which later became Windows Mobile. But initially it used a different code base and it didn't have much to do with the desktop web browser. We finally got the iPhone in 2007, which had like a pretty complete Safari desktop browser in there. It wasn't like the best experience trying to load these giant desktop sites on a phone, but uh, it could do it. And then, 
you know, later in 2008, we got the first Android phones, which also used WebKit. All of those had better web browsing experiences than IE Mobile. And uh, just having a very clear memory of those of using Windows Mobile in those days, uh, the first thing pretty much everybody did was go download Mobile Opera. Yeah, that is something like, okay, so I obviously did not use Windows Mobile at this time, but that is something I gathered from reading stuff about Internet Explorer 6 Mobile, which we'll get to in a second, is that all of the people talking about it were like, yeah, I've been using Opera Mobile for a couple of years. Uh, I you know, downloaded this to see if it can finally win me back, and it's, it's still bad. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> it didn't even come close to solving any of their problems. And Opera Mobile was basically trying to compete... Uh, obviously, they they were pretty challenged at doing this, but they were trying to compete with the iPhone Safari browser. At least it worked, and it looked really good comparatively. Actually, it looked better than what Safari Mobile could uh, could actually render. But it, it it obviously couldn't achieve the same frame rates, and uh, people were starting to build websites specifically for Safari, and Opera wasn't great at supporting those there was opera mobile for like those kinds of devices and then they also had opera mini going on which mm -hmm. was the the browser where basically an off-site server rendered the whole page and then sent you a very compressed version of it and it, and it was sort of that midway between the old uh like wap browsers and w what was effectively a normal mobile web browser i only briefly ever tried it i wasn't a fan I think the only time I used it when it was like kind of relevant was it was one of the first third party web browsers available on iPhone <laughs> because it didn't it didn't render anything on the device. Uh, so it, was, yeah. it could get around Apple's rules. Uh, so I, I vaguely remember using it sometimes on my iPhone 3G. And yeah, the thing is, Internet Explorer, their mobile edition never even came close to competing with any of this stuff. Yeah, so when the iPhone and Android devices started coming to market, like that immediately made Windows Mobile's browsers look worse. But that was like already a problem that Microsoft didn't have a good web browser on its own platform. It wasn't it wasn't like 2007 rolled around and Microsoft was like, oh, no, it's suddenly bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do something now. So Microsoft announced Internet Explorer Mobile 6 in April of 2008, but there wasn't an emulator available for testing until November of 2008. And as far as I can tell, the browser didn't actually show up on phones until 2009. <laughs> so, so we're now two years after the iPhone, one year after Android phones start hitting the market. And Microsoft now has a slightly better web browser on mobile. That is still a distant third. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, but, well, I, I okay, sorry. It's a distant third in terms of the platforms. Yeah. Uh, if you factor in the various browsers that are available across, even just on <laughs> Windows Mobile, it was basically third. Uh, if you factor in the iPhone and Android Internet Explorer would have been like a sixth, seventh, eighth place. It gets the participation trophy. No, it doesn't. It, it, 
if, if you don't even end up in the like if if you barely end up in the rankings i don't think you get to walk home with anything like it it got a ribbon it got a receipt <laughs> <laughs> so ie6 mobile had support for both desktop and mobile site layouts it had better navigation it had multiple zoom levels and it also had h.264 video playback which apple had made into a bigger deal and it had some more search features Unlike Safari on the iPhone and most web browsers available on Android, it supported both Adobe Flash and Microsoft Silverlight because that was the that was the differentiator uh, back then was you may not have the best web browser, but we're going to have the plugins that make it even worse. <laughs> yes. For as much as Flash sucks and we have a episode dedicated to that you should go listen to, everyone at that time still sat around saying you know what we need flash in order to hit websites that like that was the weak point in in safari so it had some worthwhile interface improvements but the underlying code was not good you might be wondering to yourself why is it called internet explorer 6 mobile when we're up to version 7 on the desktop uh, that's because it's using the rendering engine from IE6. <laughs> Keep in mind, this was eight years old by the time the browser started showing up on actual phones. The only difference was that Microsoft backported the JavaScript engine from IE8 to this browser. All things considered, that's actually probably the... Now, I don't want to say that's the right move, but in a weird way, it could be. How long had they, how long had uh, Internet Explorer 7 been out at that stage? Um, I mean, by 2009, uh, that was when IE8 comes out. So okay. I, IE7 came out in 2006. Okay, the argument I was about to make is that it, a lot of websites were still built for IE6. So right. it's not the craziest thing to release something that's t that targets them and has ostensibly has lower system requirements like might be a little bit easier to run on a mobile processor but yeah that i'm not sure that's true either <laughs> i'm sure it would use it would probably use less ram so i can see maybe that's why microsoft went in that direction but it wasn't good it was really not good so now we're going to watch a video which is a hands-on demo from pocket now of the Internet Explorer 6 mobile preview. And this is one of the funniest things I've seen this week. I am ready to go. Okay, hit play on three, two, one, go. Hey guys, it's Brandon Miniman from PocketNow.com, and this is a preview of Internet Explorer 6 Mobile. And now, you can't get this right now, but in 2009, when new Windows Mobile devices come out, uh, they're going to be shipping with IE6 Mobile. And IE6 Mobile is basically Microsoft's answer to the question, why is Pocket Internet Explorer still so bad? So if we take a look at how Pocket Internet Explorer works right now, here is YouTube, and this is what it looks like. It's completely unusable. Um, even if we zoom out, 
we still can't really do much with the page. Um, and so the new version, Internet Explorer 6, has AJAX support, um, has support for Flash, so you get that desktop-like experience. Now, right now, of course, we have a lot of different browsers that we can use with Windows Mobile devices like Opera Mobile, Skyfire, Opera Mini. They give you the desktop-like browsing experience, but Microsoft wants want to say, hey, we've got something too, and this is what YouTube looks like in Internet Explorer 6. Pretty good, right? Um, so you can, you know, you can zoom out just like you can with, uh, with other browsers, and it takes a little bit of time. The performance on this particular version is a little slow, but I expect that when it ships, it'll be faster. And if you want to get into a certain part of the screen, you have the little selection box like you do in um, the current Pocket Internet Explorer, and you just kind of tap on an area on the screen, it will zoom in. And like I said, it supports Flash content, so if we go up to this video and we press the play button, we should get the video. You have to say yes to everything. I wasn't open to stuff, and now I am. So there it is. It's a little bit choppy. Uh, it's not. It's not quite baked. Like I said, when when this starts to ship on uh, on a devices next year, it'll probably much be much better optimized for um, for the device and be much smoother. And also in, in Internet Explorer 6, we get this auto-suggest box at the top, which saves you a little bit of time, not having to type .com and that sort of thing. And and basically, the rest of the program is reminiscent of po the original Pocket Internet Explorer. So if you go into Menu, you get you know a simple interface. If you go to View, you can choose whether you see the mobile or the desktop version. So it's convenient to have that right there. Uh, we can go into Full Screen, and it takes a second, and here we are. I'm going to get out of Full Screen. So basically, it's like Pocket Internet Explorer, but with the engine of Internet Explorer 6. So that is it for the preview of IE6 Mobile. Uh, we'll reserve full judgment until the final version comes out on devices next year, because this version is kind of buggy and slow, and um, I, I think it's not representative of what we will see uh, in, in the next year. And for now, we can stick to Skyfire and Opera Mobile, which are really, really great browsers. Uh, so that's it for now. Spoiler alert! It's exactly what came out the next year. Oh yeah, I I love this video when he brings up a YouTube video and it's playing at like one frame every two seconds, and he's like, "Oh, it's a little choppy." <laughs> yeah, that the thing is though, that is pretty much what it was like. <laughs> I know it's just it's very funny. <laughs> I don't recall for sure. How good YouTube ever ended up on Windows Mobile? Because I don't believe there was ever an app. I don't think there was. And I don't remember if any web browsers ever really did a good job showing it. I, I, I'm sure some did, but... That's, I think, the best video demo I saw of this browser, um, even like the non-preview version. So I'll read a snippet from CNET's review of Internet Explorer 6 Mobile from October 2009, which is from the final version running on a Windows Mobile 6.5 phone. So this is like ideally best case scenario. It's running on the newest phones. They said, quote, For a long time, Microsoft's browser for Windows Mobile phones has been a weak link in the Windows Mobile operating system. Internet Explorer Mobile has been infamous for being ungainly, slow, and so thin on browsing features that many high-end smartphones come preloaded with Opera Mobile 9.5. Internet Explorer Mobile 6, now found on Windows Mobile 6.5 phones, addresses some of these failings head-on. The overhauled interface pulls navigation commands out of a text menu, 
and places five round icons on the bottom that are just large enough to tap with a fingertip or stylus. Speed was also a sore spot in previous versions of Internet Explorer for Windows mobile phones, which was known as Pocket Internet Explorer. Unfortunately, performance still felt sluggish in Mobile 6. Microsoft claims instead of focusing on speed, it is trying to increase the browser's reliability. According to Microsoft, IE Mobile 6 completes tasks 80% of the time. In our informal tests, IE Mobile 6 lagged anywhere from 3 to 10 seconds behind Opera Mobile 9.5 on the same web pages over Wi-Fi, 3G, and Edge in two local cities. Quote. Yikes. When I read that, it, it becomes a lot more clear how much Microsoft messed up the mobile market in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like this was this was two years after the iPhone. We were up to the iPhone, either the 3G or the 3GS, and we had a, a few pretty good Android phones out by this time. And Microsoft is like, "All right, here's an eight-year-old rendering engine." <laughs> oh, see, this is one of those times. I, I, it, I can't defend Microsoft here, and and nor would I try. Right. Under no circumstances do we have to defend Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in the same note, like Microsoft started Windows CE originally to be one thing, and it was not a mobile phone OS. And in fact, for all, for all intents and purposes, they didn't intend for it to ever become as powerful as it eventually did. And it had some qualities to it, despite obviously a lot of negative impressions that now exist but at the same time yeah they they didn't support it very well it didn't grow very well and in very particular it didn't scale man there were so many things that went wrong with how windows mobile was treated by the oems the carriers pretty much everyone at every step of the way so around the time Internet Explorer 6 Mobile started showing up on phones. Microsoft released Internet Explorer 8 on the desktop on March 18th of 2009. IE8 introduced accelerators, which were a basic form of plugin that could be activated after selecting text on a page. So for example, you could look up a location on a mapping service by highlighting the address and picking a map service in IE instead of like copy and pasting stuff. There were also web slices, which were elements in web pages like you know weather forecasts or sports scores or something that you could add to your favorites bar and would auto update. So kind of like widgets, not really, sort of. It was a lot like the old widgets that Apple or that that macOS had. Yeah, and also there was a new feature called Visual Search, which showed small image previews for some sites when typing in the browser search bar. So like, I I think if there was a Wikipedia entry for what you were typing, it would show like the first image, kind of like what we're used to now on a lot of search engines. As far as underlying technical stuff, uh, Internet Explorer 8 had improved sandboxing that ran each tab in its own process, similar to Google Chrome, which improved security, but also increased RAM usage. IE8 had better web standard support. It finally passed that ACID2 test that all the other web browsers passed years ago. But now <laughs> ACID3 was the popular benchmark, and IE8 scored a 20 out of 100 on that. Okay, but in fairness, 
how did everyone else score? I didn't write that down. Okay. But I think we all know everyone else scored better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't write it down. I thought we all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read a snippet from Ars Technica from March 19th of 2009, talking about the new update. They said, quote, As we mentioned earlier, IE7 was a catch-up release, adding tabs and filling in holes that were left open for years as Microsoft ignored the browser landscape. In the 30 months since IE7's October 2006 release, the browser landscape has undergone a seismic shift. Firefox isn't just a small threat anymore. It's a competitor that Microsoft acknowledges and supports in most of its services and online offerings. Google has entered the market with Chrome, and the search engine giant not only has the obvious advantage of plastering links to its browser on Google.com and other services, it also has the benefit of writing its browser completely from the ground up. Even Apple is competing against IE, releasing the solid Safari for Windows last year. All of that adds up to a browser market in which Microsoft no longer sets the standard. The company might still have the largest market share, but it's no longer Redmond's way or the highway. Microsoft is still only starting to get a grip on this new market, so it's little surprise that the company isn't confident that it will be able to regain lost market share. As if that wasn't enough, the mobile browser space is still completely up for grabs, and Microsoft's position there is even more mournful. Microsoft has tethered Internet Explorer to long development cycles with huge changes. This strategy is driven in part by the fact that it has businesses to keep in mind. The company doesn't want to overwhelm them with frequent minor releases. The leaps Microsoft has taken between IE6 and IE7, as well as between IE7 to IE8, are arguably larger than those any other browser maker has made in its major versions. Now that it is back in the game though, Microsoft needs to step it up and start delivering more quickly. The progress that Microsoft's competitors are making, both in terms of features and standards, is still outpacing Redmond's development effort. To truly compete with Opera, Safari, Chrome, and Firefox, the software giant is going to have to match their release cycles, early and often, instead of slow and steady. Quote. Yeah, they didn't do that. So Internet Explorer 8, uh, kind of, again, another disappointment, not really changing anything dramatically here. But later that year, in December of 2009, uh, the European Union reached an agreement with Microsoft over its antitrust lawsuit. So even though the core complaint was very similar to what the United States brought up before, uh, the EU's lawsuit actually did something, whereas the U.S. didn't really have any effect. Microsoft agreed to show Windows users in the EU a choice screen until 2014, which would allow them to choose another web browser to download and install and set one of them as the default. So when you'd get a new Windows PC, you'd get this pop-up that says, which web browser do you want? And you, you just click it from there. So that's cool. Yeah, it's it was an improvement, kind of. Yeah. The choice screen was rolled out to Windows XP, Windows Vista, and Windows 7, because Windows 7 was out by now. But uh, it wasn't all perfect. Uh, several years later, in 2013, Microsoft was fined an additional 561 million euros because the choice screen wasn't properly rolled out on Windows 7 for over a year. <laughs> My favorite part about this is that uh, 2013 decision was the first time the European Union had to fine a company for non-compliance with an earlier decision. So I know people like to, you know, make jokes about, wow, well, you know, the EU just likes fining everyone for anything, but it's like, <laughs> like they, they, 
find Microsoft. Microsoft agreed to do something to avoid further action, and then they didn't actually do it, so they got fined again. <laughs> okay, there there are so many ways to joke about this, and literally all of them are appropriate. Yeah. But, but the thing I think stands out, this very possibly is the first instance of a tech company that basically did the uh, sort of that cost of doing business strategy where it's better to just pay your fine and keep doing what you're doing <laughs> rather than actually behaving correctly and uh, not paying the fine. Yeah, like that's something we see over and over again from Google and uh, Facebook, now Meta, of course. Yeah. Where, you know, they get handed fine after fine, but they're always like very small percentages of what they make in a year. So it doesn't really matter all that much. No. And in some cases, the cost of changing a thing is higher than the fines or they're just they're just looking at it. And it's like, you know what, if we just keep doing the thing that they're telling us not to do, we'll make more market share. We'll gain this thing or we'll gain that thing. And hey, they already picked a punishment for us. They're just going to fine us. Yeah. Love capitalism. Yeah. So that's where we'll leave it this time. And when we come back, we'll talk about more Internet Explorer twist. <laughs> <laughs> Never expected that. In the meantime, do you have any plugs? Yeah, nothing to say right now. Just uh, just come follow me on the Mastodons. Mastodon's a great place. You can also find TechTales on Twitter at TechTales Show and on Mastodon at TechTales at MAS.TO. The links for those are in the show notes. Also in the show notes are all of these sources and that very funny video of the phone struggling to load YouTube. The official subreddit is r slash podcast, where you can discuss episodes with other listeners. There's also links in the show notes if you want to support the podcast. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back with more Internet Explorer soon and other things. Good night, everybody. And be careful. Don't 404.